Hey, 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 this is 633 Podcast, because we believe Matthew 633 that says, Seek the kingdom first and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. I am Kimberly Bellrose, faith coach, and I've partnered with Sharon McComb, certified life coach, to wake up the believer on the inside of us to be living like we believe. We co-host Coaching Works episodes to bring an awareness of this profession of coaching and how we testify that it can help anyone with anything. Sharon's Checkmate episodes discuss many ways that we get stuck in life. Using her experience and tips, she shares how we can tackle these stuck points. But today, today you're with me. And these are my wake-up episodes and you follow my journey and I read from the Message Bible And I pray that I have an ear open to Holy Spirit's revelation and breakthrough for our lives. Now, last week's episodes were, uh, my episode, sorry, was about practicing his presence. And how do we do that? Um, I don't know how your week went, but I had some eye-opening experiences. I've often shared with friends and family that, I I don't really worry. I see worry as a sin and I don't worry very much. I don't, you know, I think when things come to my mind, I turn them over to God. But as I walk through this week with a focus of practicing his presence with me, I was kind of surprised how much worry and anxiety is in my life. For me, that was what was exposed in my life this week. I was often reminded of a scene from The Chosen. And oh my goodness, people, if you have not seen The Chosen, please download the free app, The Chosen, and don't binge watch, or maybe do, but go back and do it again. I did find the first episode dry. I'm confessing that. But as you get into this series of the life of Jesus and the disciples, I found it very eye-opening to watch the personality, the character, how people interact with their fears, how they saw the law, what the religious was, what the Pharisees, the Sadducees, um, the Jews, oh, the Samaritans. There's so much happening in the lives of the people of this series that is eye-opening for our lives today. And that's what happened to me. As I apparently was worrying or planning or striving to get something done, this scene replayed in my mind of Jesus specifically talking to Peter, which I... (laughs) think is funny because, yep, it's true. I've often compared myself to Peter in the New Testament stories. You know, he kind of jumped before thinking, spoke before thinking, you know, impulsive behavior, uh, radical behavior. And so, yeah, I can really align my life to him. So it's kind of not surprising that that's my experience this week um, because here I was really being shown what I was thinking about, what I was doing, what was going on on the inside of me. And 
I could see this scene where Jesus is talking to Peter and he's, you know, he's kind of laughing and telling Peter not to worry that the father knows what we have need of. And, you know, we're going this way because the father led him to go that way and, you know, uh, not to stress about it. And, and Peter, you know, if I remember correctly, Jesus just had his hand on Peter's shoulder and just, you know, don't worry, brother, don't worry. And um, I was reminded a lot of that scene. And then just recently I, in one of the episodes that I watched, the disciples had actually lost track of where Jesus was and they were all getting concerned. And a couple of the disciples who are meticulous planners, um, you know, they're, they're saying, this is not okay. We need to be more responsible to protect him and to watch over him and to, you know, and they want to make a plan. They want to make an agenda. They want to do, you know, they have a month's stuff plan. We're going to go here and here and this many kilometers. We need this much money. We need this much food. And we need this much time. And we need to get Jesus going in the direction to keep us on schedule. Well, that's exactly what was exposed in my life as I practice his presence. I don't know about you, but I do know about me. And I like to plan. I like to have an agenda. I like to have things on time. And because of my ADHD, that really helps me stay calm and focused. And I know that in the years past that the Lord spoke to me and said, you know, you follow me, life is not as routine as you want it to be. And so I've really seen this exposed in my life this past week of practicing his presence. And one of the things that happened, and I'm, I'm going to be bold, and I'm going to share right from my journal this week. I have been reminded all week that I have entered his story and not that he has entered mine. And you know, when you, when you look from Genesis to Revelation and all the in-betweens, it's like, yeah, we have been invited into this huge play that has been written and orchestrated. And yes, I think maybe sometimes there's amendments because as human beings, we have free will. But it's this big orchestra. And when I come into it and I'm writing my own script and, and um, you know, I'm having my own plans. So th these are the things that I was contemplating, I guess, in my mind. And I was praying and I'm writing down in my journal. And then clearly the Lord leads me to this. And this is exactly how I heard it. Read 2 Corinthians 5 again. And, you know, when you think about that tone and you think, uh, okay, um, yeah, I did read it before very recently, but the tone suggests to me that I missed the point. So I am obedient and I turn and I read. And I'm going to pick up some of that to, to start with. Okay. So here we are in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. I'm going to pick up starting at verse 6. And it says, That's why we live with such good cheer. 
You won't see us drooping our heads or dragging our feet. Cramped conditions don't get us down. They only remind us of the spacious living conditions ahead. It's what we trust in but don't yet see that keeps us going. Do you suppose a few ruts in the road or rocks on the path are going to stop us? When the time comes, we'll be plenty ready to exchange exile for homecoming. But neither exile nor homecoming is the main thing. Cheerfully pleasing God is the main thing. I got to say that again, people. Cheerfully pleasing God is our main thing. Back to the word. And that's what we aim to do, regardless of our conditions. Sooner or later, we'll all have to face God regardless of our conditions. We will appear before Christ and take what's coming to us as a result of our actions, either good or bad. That keeps us vigilant. You can be sure. It's no light thing to know that we'll all one day stand in that place of judgment. That's why we work urgently with everyone we meet to get them ready to face God. God alone knows how we do this. But I hope you realize how much and how deeply we care. Now I'm going to skip down to verse 14. Our firm decision is to work from this focused center. One man died for everyone. That puts everyone in the same boat. He included everyone in his death so that everyone can also be included in his life. A resurrection life. A far better life than people ever lived on their own. So, as I'm reading, I'm thinking about this big play, this big presentation, this big production that my Father God has designed, has written, has di- is directing as I live and breathe, and how I have entered his story and that he is the main thing. So I'm trying to pray and I'm trying to make plans because when you live in a tourist town, seasons change and jobs come to an end and life flows. And even if you don't live in a tourist town, I know your life changes too because we're here. But how do we make those decisions? How do we practice his presence in those decisions? Well, this is what happened. I'm seeking the Holy Spirit about the days ahead in my life. And I'm making plans. And this is what I hear. Plans, plans, plans. Ideas, ideas, ideas. Budget, budget, budget. Diet, diet, diet. Build, build, build. Time, time, time. Rest, rest, rest that Isaac may be born. Each day has flow, and you must be sensitive to my flow. Have I not said that your days will not be as routine as you like? My son only knew day by day and moment by moment. He knew the direction of home, but it did not distract him from what I set before him. My heart beats for this world to know my rest and to cease from striving and for self-improvement. It is an insult to what was accomplished on the cross. I want to repeat that. I believe these are the words of the Spirit of the living 
God, of my Father's heart, because of his Son's salvation for me, that he says that his heart beats for us, you, me, in this world, to know his rest, to cease from striving, and to stop trying for self-improvement. The word say, These words say that it is an insult to what was accomplished on the cross. I want you to think about those words later. The, these words continue that blew into me, my wind words, right? It is selfishness, gluttony, and laziness that are destroying my people and distracting them from my purpose. What is my purpose? To be light in darkness, to bring out the God colors in the world around you, to throw salt into a flavorless world, to go up to my hill and be public of where your light comes from. Shine, be exposed, be blessing, be hope, be love, be faithful, be humble, be peaceful, be powerful, be righteous, be holy, because I said you are. Do not be duped by divine. And again, the words from 2 Corinthians chapter 5 were repeated to me as I was journaling. And these are the words. Let the world not see you drooping your head or dragging your feet. Live with such good cheer. Let no conditions get you down. Should a few ruts in the road or rocks on the path stop you? Cheerfully please me. That's the main thing. Be vigilant. Work urgently with everyone you meet, getting them ready to face God. God alone knows how. His love has the first and last word in everything you do. Make it known even to family that it is not because of me. It's not because of Kimberly, but it's because of Jesus. Work from that focused center. Focused center is the presence of the living God. It's practicing his presence. It's following the spirit. It's checking in every morning. It is not routine. It is to live a resurrected life. Don't evaluate people by how they look or what they have. Words I've shared before, my, my friends, are look for treasure in everyone you meet. Look inside. There is often deep and often buried in the people that we meet. God has been so good and so faithful to us to dig out the treasure within us because he woke up our believer. But we are there for others as well. Look for treasure. Look inside. Help uncover it. You have a fresh start, a new life. So can others. Tell them. Offer hope. God put all of my wrong. Now this is me speaking no longer the spirit of the living God, but it is a definite clear reminder for me that God put all Kimberly's wrongs, all Kimberly's screw-ups on Jesus and made me right with God the Father. Now, if you're a believer and your believer has woke up too, 
then t- you too. He's taken all of your wrongs, all of your screw ups, and he's put them on Jesus. We've been purchased. We've been bought. We've been declared not guilty. We no longer have to live in a, in a hopeless, dark world. But we are that light in the darkness around us. We are to bring out the God colors of the world. We are to be the salt in a flavorless world. We are to be public, to be speaking up where others are lost, hopeless. Those words come from Matthew of the Message Bible, if anybody is interested in knowing. So I am very thankful that I've spent this week practicing his presence. It has changed my planning, my ideas, my schedule, my routines. It has brought me a new, a refreshing sense of peace in trusting him because it's not my story as the world teaches It's his story, and I have entered into it, and that I can be responsible for what's in my day. I can get up in the morning with a thankfulness and a rest in my heart that all is good, that he's a big, big God. He watches over me a thankful heart, a thankful attitude. Yes, I have responsibilities. I'm not waiting for God to say, okay, it's time to do dishes. But I am responsible for being sensitive to his presence, to know the whispers of his heart, to know the nudges of his conviction, to protect what I'm thinking about. Because that's where the battle is, right? In the mind. What are you thinking about? Practice his presence. Don't give up on it. Wake up and be sensitive to his spirit in your every day. Together, we're better. And with him, you need... Trust more in his ability to speak to you than your ability to hear from him. Be ready to jump at a moment's notice. Be ready to change directions. Be ready to speak up, to give, to love, to serve. Are they not practicing his presence? So, If you want to reach Sharon, you can at www.wildflowerwomen.ca and you can reach me at www.633-wakeup.com. So I encourage you to come back, practice his presence. I would love to hear your stories of practicing his presence, of the changes that have come into your life because of his presence, because your believer has woken up. So I want to bless you for being here. I want to bless you for sharing. 
I want to bless you for encouraging words. And until next time, be blessed and be a blessing.